Words hold immense power. Those who wield them with grace and precision are able to persuade others, diffuse conflict, make a lasting impression, and unlock life-changing opportunities. But how do you move from being an average conversationalist to an eloquent force to be reckoned with? Well, why not take some lessons from the most skilled communicators in history? Come along as we study those who have a way with words, from poets and public speakers to authors and philosophers. It's time to level up your communication skills. Welcome to A Better Way to Say. Hello, hello. Welcome back. Or if you're new, welcome. My name is Celeste Renee, and this podcast is dedicated to helping you become a more eloquent communicator. And I'm excited about today. Today, we're getting all into intellectual conversations. How do we hold them? How do we sustain them? And how do we become the type of conversationalist that people find smart and deeply thoughtful? Being in Washington, D.C. has exposed me to so many incredibly bright people. I have friends who are professors, lawyers, probably too many lawyers, <laughs> lobbyists, um, PR professionals, people with wildly successful businesses, and just a whole array of smart individuals. And I've been able to have some great conversations with them, which got me thinking, what makes for a deep and intellectual conversation? What are the traits and the telltale signs of intelligence that people communicate when they are speaking? So using my observations and some lessons from an 18th century French philosopher, you are going to learn all about how to sound smarter and hold intellectual conversations. So let's get into part one, meet Voltaire. It's only fitting that we learn how to sound smarter from a genius himself. Voltaire was a force of nature. He was a prolific writer and a deep, deep thinker whose ideas shaped the course of history in France and beyond. Voltaire is actually a pen name. His name was Francois, but he developed it in 1718 after writing his first play. And it's a name that lives on. In fact, Victor Hugo once said that to name Voltaire is to characterize the entire 18th century. That's how influential he was. Now, a brilliant mind doesn't always translate to a brilliant conversationalist, but in Voltaire's case, it truly did. He was known in his day as an unequaled master of conversation. This excerpt from the History of Philosophy sums up his impressive mind perfectly. What a spirit. Sheer intelligence, transmuting anger into fun, fire into light. There is none whose mental machinery is more delicate, nor whose equilibrium is at the same time more shifting and more exact. Was he perhaps the greatest intellectual energy in all of history? So, as you can see, Voltaire was a fiery, incredibly smart person who people were delighted to speak with. Learning more about him for this episode has been a wild ride. His life was truly crazy, and I will sprinkle in some stories throughout the episode. But our main focus will be the five ways you can sound smarter in conversation. So, whether you have an upcoming date or business pitch or you just want to be the greatest intellectual energy at brunch next weekend, this will help. 
So let's get into our lessons. Lesson number one is to move from small talk to big ideas. This is something I've noticed when having intellectually interesting conversations. It's that topics revolve around ideas rather than small talk. Everyone can talk about the weather or where they are from, but these types of conversations tend to be surface level. To engage in more stimulating conversation, you should move the topics toward bigger ideas that provide lots of material for deeper thought. And this can be someone else's ideas, like things you've been reading about or hearing about, or they can be your own ideas that you've been pondering and you want to share with other people. Voltaire did this constantly. He would engage in passionate dialogue about his ideas and others of the time. And even for a period, his chateau became an intellectual hub. And we're told that the aristocracy and the bourgeoisie joined in the pilgrimage to taste Voltaire's wine and wit. The plays and stories that Voltaire wrote were also around the big ideas of the time. In his famous work, Candide, he took aim at the popular philosophy of optimism, and he did it in story form that was very funny and engaging. I think that spending so much time engrossed in the work of others allowed him to cultivate meaningful ideas of his own. He had a lot of material to think through because he was always reading and experimenting and writing. And I read somewhere that he wrote over 20,000 letters in his lifetime, pretty wild. So his mind was very sharp. Now, how can we move from small talk to big ideas in our own conversations? I have a little technique I came up with, so you guys can try it. Let me know how it goes. I call this the zoom in, zoom out method. I just made that name up, but just follow, follow along with me. So to go deeper, you can zoom in to learn more about the specific person you're speaking with and then zoom out to discuss how the topic applies in a broader context. So for instance, I've recently been thinking a lot about the idea that there is freedom and beauty within boundaries. I brought this idea up to a friend and it flowed into a whole conversation about how he's noticed that in his life when he's disciplined and sets up more boundaries, he gets more done, he has more free time, he's noticed freedom from boundaries. So zooming in, let us discuss how this principle applies in his life. Then I mentioned how people who produce great works must have experienced this too. I notice in poems how the words have to follow certain structure or in music how the specific beat counts restrain the piece but allow it to flourish within that boundary. And so we talked about this and we discussed the idea of freedom within boundaries on a larger scale and what it means in the arts in society. And this can apply to so many things. The idea has so many applications. We spoke about the arts, but it could apply to law or family structure. And this is one example, just one of the zoom in, zoom out method. You can do it with a ton of different ideas. It's a great way to have more layered and intellectual conversations. So when someone shares something, explore it with them instead of gliding along the surface. When you are able to examine ideas at multiple levels, you sound smarter as a result. Hi there. I love creating weekly episodes for you, but I could use your help. If you have an idea of what you'd like to hear on the show, head to betterwaytosay.com or open the show notes for a link that will take you straight there. On the site, you can scroll down and share an episode idea. I would love to create what you want to hear. So take a few minutes and pop an idea there for me. All right, now back to the show. 
All right, on to lesson number two, and that is welcome different viewpoints. Another great way to come across as intelligent and also just to liven up a conversation is to embrace different perspectives. So you need to show that you are open to hearing different views, even if you don't agree with them. This displays a certain type of confidence. And you can either introduce a different viewpoint on your own, or you can ask someone for theirs. This can work equally well with complex issues around politics or even less heated ones. For instance, I was speaking with my sister about the benefits of fasting and telling her that I was reading about a 24-hour fast and how they can be really helpful for the body and asked for her opinion, which I knew was going to be very different. And so we talked about that and it was a good, lively debate. You can ask people for their differing opinions on lots of topics and typically the setting and the type of people that you are with will help dictate you know, how far you want to go with asking for differing opinions. A motivating passion for Voltaire and something that appears in a lot of his writings is the call for freedom of thought. He really championed tolerance. He believed that was key. And he once wrote that liberty of thought is the life of the soul. He really meant it. He was a strong critic of dogmatic thinking, and he wrote plays and pamphlets that criticized the royal family and the church. And he ended up in prison multiple times for his writings. He was in the Bastille, so not exactly fun for him. <laughs> but he continued to write what he believed was the truth, and that was very important to him. So this lesson is all about welcoming different perspectives, hearing different viewpoints so that you are able to find the truth or at least open up dialogue for the possibility of finding the truth. And for my tip on how to do this, I think it's quite simple. You ask people for differing opinions. So if you want to encourage someone to share their view, you can simply ask by saying, what do you think of this? You can also ask someone what they would change about a situation. I find that's a great question to say, what would you change about this city, like we both live in this city, what would you change about it? Or what would you change about this certain system that we're talking about? Or just any sort of um, point of contention, you can bring it up and ask what would you change? And that's a great way to go a little deeper and get differing perspectives. If you want some more help on getting people to open up to you so that they tell you their genuine thoughts and not just canned responses, I have an episode all about how to get others to open up to you. So I'll link that in the show notes if you want to check it out later. But let's move on to lesson number three, and that is to be concise. So when speaking with others, you should always strive to communicate your ideas in a clear, easy to follow manner. I think the reason for this is obvious because if you have a solid grasp of your ideas and you know what you want to say, then you don't need to ramble. You can articulate that point and it signals that you have thought it through well when you can say it clearly and succinctly. Voltaire had the ability to tackle complex topics in an articulate and accessible manner. One of his works was a dictionary of philosophy, and this is just one example where he writes brilliantly clear definitions of complex concepts. One excerpt I read about it calls every article a model of brevity, clarity, and wit. This clarity and wit was the hallmark of conversation with Voltaire. Kings, aristocrats, mathematicians, artists, a whole 
array of illustrious people were enchanted when he spoke. He once said of himself, I express myself clearly enough. I am like the little books which are transparent because they are not so deep. Now, this ability to clearly convey complex ideas made his writing immensely popular, and it also made his conversation delightful. So how can we embrace clarity when we speak? Well, I have a couple tips for you to keep in your back pocket when you're speaking with others. The first is to communicate one idea at a time. I know it sounds obvious, but sometimes we can ramble into multiple or we start speaking, we don't really know where we're going, and it gets a little jumbled. So communicate one idea at a time. When you're speaking with someone, there are many directions a conversation can go, and that's the fun of it. But be sure to organize your thoughts so that you present one idea at a time. You place that idea out, you see how your conversational partner reacts, then you either dive deeper into that idea or you pivot to a new idea if, if there's not really a good connection point. That's what a lot of conversation is like. You're constantly giving and getting signals to keep harmony with the other person. And it's much easier to do this when you're conveying one idea at a time rather than a jumble of a lot of them. Okay, my second tip you probably already know, but this is a friendly reminder to remove filler words from your vocabulary. So if you're saying, um, like, uh, repeatedly, then this can detract from your message, whatever it may be. So if you overuse filler words, pause, collect yourself, and then continue. I have a full episode on how to banish filler words from your vocabulary. It's episode six, so you can check that out after the show as well. But just be mindful of your uhs, your ums, your likes. They come up naturally, which is fine. But if they get excessive, that's when it can really clutter your message. Okay, we are moving right along to lesson number four. This one is a big help when it comes to, well, first of all, being delightful. People love, love it if you use humor. And also for sounding smarter because humor is correlated with intelligence. So lesson four is drive your point home with humor. You want to sound smart, but not the know-it-all type of smart that people roll their eyes at. You want to be that magnetic, that joy to associate with type of smart. And humor can help you achieve it. When you speak with people, especially when you're trying to illustrate a point, humor is a helpful tool. And it's also a sign of intelligence. A joke has to be well-timed. It has to be in the right context. And when you execute it, it shows that you know how to think on your feet. So think about little ways that you can incorporate humor in your everyday conversations. Instead of saying the expected answer when someone asks what you do, you could do something a little funnier, a little crazier. Or instead of sharing a fact about yourself, simply saying the fact, you can illustrate it with a story that levels it up and that's funny and more memorable. For instance, one fact about me is that I'm not good with directions and this subject came up once in a conversation and someone mentioned that they are also terrible with direction. So instead of just saying, oh yeah, I'm bad with directions too, I told a funny story of how I ended up getting my sister and I lost on a river during a camping trip. It was a whole ordeal. I think she holds it against me to this day. And that story sticks way more than just saying, 
the same. Oh yeah, I'm also bad with directions. So you can do this with whatever funny stories you have. Voltaire embraced humor as well. He once said, woe to philosophers who cannot laugh away their wrinkles. I look upon solemnity as a disease. His wit was unmatched. People couldn't get enough of it in his writings and also in his conversations. And it really helped him win people over. I have a letter. Okay, I don't have the actual letter. I have an excerpt of the letter that Frederick the Great wrote in wrote to Voltaire. And he says, you are charming in conversation. You know how to amuse and instruct at the same time. You are the most seductive being that I know capable of making yourself loved by all the world when you choose. So glowing praise from the former king of Prussia. Now for us, how can we employ humor in our day-to-day interactions? One way is just to be unexpected. So like I talked about, conversations with strangers typically follow a neat little script and they can become a little predictable. You can always shake this up by saying things that are unexpected. For example, I have a friend who is a lobbyist, which is a very common job in D.C. And once we were at a party and someone asked him the typical question, what do you do? And he said, oh, me, I'm just a dirty, filthy lobbyist. And everyone chuckled and it showed that he was not taking himself too seriously. So it was just a little way to lighten the mood. And there are lots of opportunities in your conversations to do this. As long as you notice them, just keep your eye out for little ways to be funnier. You don't have to be a stand-up comedian to bring a smile to someone's face. You just need to be a little bit unexpected, a little bit apart from the norm. And you can watch people open up to you. And who knows, maybe they'll write you a glowing letter and tell you that you're the most seductive being capable of making yourself loved by all. Who knows? Could happen. All right. Let's go on to lesson number five and how to sound smarter in conversations. And that is challenge assumptions. People often speak with certainty about a given topic, but what grounds are they founding their ideas on? With a little bit of thoughtful dialogue, you can uncover the assumptions beneath people's statements. So rather than taking a statement at face value, encourage the person to think more deeply by asking about the reasoning behind their idea. Voltaire was a skeptic. He embraced doubt He once wrote, it is only charlatans who are certain. So he was very much into questioning leaders and dogma, and he unknowingly was sowing the seeds of the revolution with his writings. I'm not suggesting you start a revolution, no, but if you want to change the minds of others, practice a bit of skepticism. It keeps things more interesting when we veer into the unknown and when we ask about underlying assumptions and it's also a more gentle way to get people to rethink their beliefs so how do you do it i think the best way is to ask questions because i find intelligent people tend to be very inquisitive in conversation they want to know about the why they want to know the inner workings of something voltaire once said to judge a man by his questions rather than by his answers i think this is a very wise statement. You can tell a lot about a person based on the questions they ask. So your questions should be thoughtful. Your questions should signal that you've been listening deeply and that you want to get to the root cause, that you want to know more either about the person or their beliefs or something outside of yourself that you're really trying to 
have a meaningful conversation and you can convey this a lot just through your questions. If you're unsure where to start when it comes to asking better questions, find an interviewer that you like to listen to or an interviewer that you like to watch and examine how they ask questions. I love listening to Guy Raz from NPR's How I Built This. He's a great interviewer. He asks questions that I'm thinking, and I've heard this from other people too who listen to him, that they think he's a great interviewer as well. So it doesn't have to be a podcast. It can be whatever medium you enjoy. But if you're hoping to become a more insightful asker of questions, I hope that I phrased that correctly, um, try finding someone to model yourself after and just getting some insights from them. And then you'll be able to obviously tilt it based on the conversations that you are in. Well, that brings us to the end of the five lessons. Thank you so much for listening as always. And if you have any suggestions for me on what you would like to hear next, you can always go to betterwaytosay.com and pop those in the little suggestion box on the site. And if you're still here listening to the very end of the episode, thank you so much. Please leave the show a review. It really helps me out. I will catch you in the next episode of A Better Way to Say.